Let's see. Uh, anybody else tired of seeing crap like this? That if Corona hasn't shown you the Bill of Rights is powerless and police will obey any and all orders from the state, you are a lost cause. That's the first time that I've heard it. How insanely um, stupid is that? Like, come on. It there's so much stupid that's like, been. You, you know, like I want to look at, and I said to this person, I was like, you know what? You're right. Except that it's a public health crisis with tangible evidence everywhere. Right. Well, I heard the argument today too that uh, they were talking about um, re- restrictions on religious organizations or whatever, and somebody was like, "I can't wait until they get sued for this." Blah 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 blah. Uh, there is the right to assemble, and I was like, "Yeah, but those rights are being restricted right now by like pu- by fucking public and with political and public support alike." So like, yeah, half of I don't me know, just man. Be like, you know what? You, you want to congregate? Go ahead. I'll, you go ahead and die. You win yourself a Darwin Award. Right. And it's it's weird how the stupidity is on both sides of the the ultra liberal yeah, or libertarian. Uh, yeah. Don't don't tread on my rights. And then also the church going people who are like, you can't well, stop I, us. God well, will protect us. Like, after ultra, listening to that Carlin episode, this will not be infringed. Thing is there as well. After listening to that Carlin episode, I have a very I'm just like, now I notice all the things that Jim says all the time. All, <laughs> all of it? Yeah. Well, I was, I can't remember what it was today. I was really mad. Well, here's a good example. The Fauci thing that's been going on for the last couple of days where they have the soundbite of him saying, well, obviously, if we would have done these things earlier, we would have saved lives. But I was watching TV when that interview happened and the question was, if we had done these things earlier, would they have saved more lives? And he was like, and his immediate response was, it's not that simple. You can't just say that blah, 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 blah. And he went on for like 30 seconds and then got to the point where he said, well, obviously you could say if you would have done this, 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 and this, you would have saved more lives. And, and then he goes back and he reiterates. years ago? Do you remember about two years ago we had this conversation about people editing videos? Well, and it's not even editing per se. Well, it's just I, selective. Do you like remember what t- I told They you? took the middle of a fucking paragraph and they yeah. cut off the front and the back end yeah. of it. And they were like, this is what he said. Like, and, Brandon, do you remember what the story I told you? Uh, uh, Robert Pattinson is going to play Batman, right? Mm-hmm. You absolutely need to have, and, we absolutely need to have this exact conversation on recording, too. I mean, we can just start it this way. We'll just call this the beginning of the show. Fuck it. All right. Edit this line out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm I'm good for a cold open. Um, go ahead. So Robert Pattinson uh, is playing Batman, the the Twilight sparkly vampire dude, who's actually like renowned now for doing like great indie films like The Lighthouse and uh, Good Times and shit. But he did an interview, and, and to get to your point about what we were talking about before, Brandon, with the the media taking stuff out of context, he did an interview about being cast in the Batman and returning to like these big blockbuster movies. And his quote, he made a joke in the middle of being interviewed about like, well, if the fans don't like the, my version of Batman, I'll go do, I'll go do a gay like art house porn or whatever. Clearly being sarcastic, right, right. And but the headline wasn't like. Robert Pattinson jokes about you know the the headlines were all Robert Pattinson promises or swears or says he will do you know art house porn if Batman fails right and I was like well you you listen <laughs> you know to that and, and I guess just technically give it bad ratings because of that 
I mean, yeah, but like, I mean, technically they're not lying per se on a right. legal standpoint when they write that, but obviously it's being dishonest it, for the it, media to, to play it that way. It's 100% the Michael Moore thing where you say, what was it? Uh, Bowling for Columbine, I think. I can't remember if it was Bowling for Columbine or Fahrenheit 9-11. Those were movies I saw in high school, but where he talks about um, the governor of Missouri dying and still winning election so like he was but he was being sarcastic and he was making the point that john ashcroft was defeated by a dead guy but he left out the whole part where like his wife immediately stepped up and was like i'm taking that position and everybody in missouri already knew what the plan was like yes ashcroft got beat by a dead guy um but like it wasn't that simple. Like there was already other information well, that I mean, we knew that's, that's that was left classic out. Michael Moore, right? But it's classic media. Like the media yeah. just picks and chooses whatever the fuck. But Michael Moore is a, is a good rich guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So with that, here's some music, and then we'll start. <laughs> like, <laughs> perfect. All right, so in classic uh, fashion, uh, we're going to wing this episode. Um, We do kind of have a little bit of a game plan, but on top of talking about some deeper issues, I do maybe want to spend like five minutes on um, maybe just we'll just maybe we'll just use five minutes towards the end to set up the next episode I want to do on the politics. I don't know how long we're going to we're going to talk on this subject that we've got here but i'm joined again today by frank and jim and uh frank i'll let you set up what we're gonna what we're gonna do here so we're we're essentially i guess we're gonna talk about what we think are the biggest problems or i guess the biggest uh changes you can make to make america great again (laughs) yeah um i have actually (laughs) i actually I've polled people the way that I (laughs) the way that I posed the question to the people that I asked was if you could list four or more things um, that would make America a better place to live in after COVID-19. Like what what do we do on on the other side of this? Because like this is a good whatever the fuck trajectory we've been on as a whole like now the world has pressed pause and like we actually have an opportunity to kind of like start again and fix some shit and change some shit if we want to um so that's kind of how i posed the question and i i don't know i guess we, we can go around and talk about ours but i'm gonna read off some of these suggestions that i got too at some point because some of them are good i have i have a couple to read off also um and we'll see if we can find any trends here so um do you want to you want to start off with with yours or with one of yours or uh jim do you want to start off with your with one of yours uh yeah 
so I'm sure this is on all of our list, but the the fact that the media and anybody that commentates on politics they sell partisanship. I think it's I think it's more on commentators and media than it is on the politicians themselves as far as like creating the general public like division gap. Yeah. Um yeah, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard it's, to disagree with you. I um, have that I do have that same thing on my list. It was it was like at the last one number 4 on my list, but I and there's a lot of ways you can go with that. The one the way I was going to bring up was the uh and I brought it up with you guys uh before but the FCC fairness doctrine. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? I don't explain uh, No, that. I do not. So I essentially not it was it was uh, 1949. It was right when TV was getting popular and news were, was becoming a thing with only like three channels. But the idea was that if you presented any uh, – you can present whatever viewpoint you want, like, but you had to present uh, it, it, the opposite viewpoint. So if you gave a politician like time from one party, you have to give the other politician the same amount of time. Or if you were talking about abortion or civil rights – or whatever you could like it was essentially you couldn't be a one vision like you you couldn't be Fox News or CNN it would it would have forced you to dedicate a certain amount of time to the opposing viewpoint and actually having a discussion it was done away with in like 74 uh during i think the Nixon era yeah and it was it seems yeah. like it would be a healthy tool to have right now doesn't it i Absolutely. mean we get yeah. Because all we do now is we have networks that are 100% in the bag for one idea. And I mean, it's very like, it's very sycophantic uh, personalities um, just like cramming talking points. And like, I don't know. I, it just seems like, I know it seems we, like everything is an op ed now. Like, there's no such thing as uh, just purely objective journalism everything uh-uh. is completely subjective nobody can go five minutes and how much of that is down to their own spin. i wonder how much of that is down to stuff like the uh the sinclair broadcasting company owning you know i don't know how about 30 percent of local news stations throughout the country well i mean that's absolutely it because if you watch if you are um if you subscribe to news especially on social social media i notice it all the time i know which companies are owned by which companies because they run the same stories fox news will run a story and then you'll see like a smaller um but still conservative like the new york uh, post something like that will run the same story and then you'll see like the local cincinnati whatever channel four station run the same story with the same wording with and and then you'll see it on the other side too where like, well, uh, like ABC, a, here. abc yeah yeah um and and you'll and i notice it all the time there are local channels that i notice all the time run the exact same stories as the major networks with the same yeah. wording every is that that's every so much, single that's day not, that's not journalism that's not uh the news that's just regurgitating what other people have said right no, it, yeah, doesn't, I mean, creating, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, to be a it's creating a narrative. Days. No. You're, all you're doing is creating a collage of other people's work, which, by the way, let's not shit on that too much because that is what this is. Like, that okay. is what this is. Um, <laughs> we don't sell but, ad space, though. 
That's true. We don't sell anything, but if you want to send us money, we no, we're not we bought. can work it out. <laughs> um, no, we're no, we're not. But we will again. We will accept money. So send money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think the media. I think the media is is definitely. Um, I agree with you. Like they sell partisanship. Well, like, they sell division. So, they sell. Uh, anchors working for various networks with completely opposite viewpoints, like Megan Kelly. You know, she she got her start on The Blaze, which was an extreme. Well, I shouldn't say extreme conservative, but it was very conservative. And mm-hmm. she was just like, what's what's the. Uh, Megan Kelly was on the Blaze. Are you sure yeah, you're not talking it was about Kelly Fire? To- hmm. I knew. I know that Megan Kelly was on Fox for a while, and I knew Tommy Laren started on yeah. the Blaze. So um, Tommy Laren was basically Megan Kelly's replacement. It's the same show, just a different face. Yeah. So and then. Well, I know the Blaze is is Glenn Beck's network, right? Yeah. 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 Which, is, she would... it's, which the Blaze is just a shill for Fox Network or. Fox News Network. Yeah, it's like a tamed down Breitbart, right? Like, yeah. But but like a more, I feel like it's a more extreme Fox. I feel like it falls somewhere in between Breitbart and Fox. Um, well, they, they definitely don't give any airtime to any sort of liberal ideas. No, I do though. Um, in keeping with the list, um, I wanna I wanna move away from media because we can do an entire episode on just bullshit media stuff. I do want to get burn through some of these other um, ideas on Fair enough. The, the list. Um, I actually did not have media on my list. Um, not out of my top four things that that I think should be addressed on the other side of COVID. Real, real quick, um, just one last little reason for me having that on my list is because i just i don't feel like we're ever going to be able to come to get or come together to ever get anything done if we just dig our heels into the sand and never agree with each other on anything like basically just off of principle i absolutely agree with you i do like i mean i don't know it's hard to not see it now that fucking that episode of carlin show dan carlin show is fantastic um and I'm very glad that you both recommended that to me because I don't know. Twisted your arm hard it, enough that it would have ripped off in like another day or two. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you feel. I never intended to not listen to it. It took me like four <laughs> days. And you're like, you're like, you're in quarantine. What the fuck are you doing? Like, you have nothing to do. Listen to it. I have two children. Come on. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to give you one that I do think uh well, I'm actually gonna I'm I'm actually gonna take an idea from that episode of Dan Carlin if I'm gonna keep in that uh, on that topic. He had made the point on the episode, and I think that it is something that we should very much consider. Um, maybe we change the term of medical waste, like or surplus. Um, from yes. that term having an excess of beds and excess of ventilators and excess of yeah. like whatever yeah. that's not waste let's call that insurance that he termed it that and that's a perfect fucking term because oh, yeah. we need to be prepared for the next this and um and you know and i think we put we should put more money into that i think that 
I think one thing that will come from this well, like, is we're going to start paying attention to where our money goes and prioritizing that a little bit. Yeah, and well, I like, think so that's one excess, of the things that... Excess beds and excess ventilators, like they were just lying around. They're not, it's not costing anybody any money for them to just be lying there. They sold right. it to turn a profit. This is right. corporate health management, which is, in my opinion, absolutely stupid. It doesn't make any sense to have these people. Like they, I get they need to be there to run the day-to-day operations, like make sure the hospital's staying in the green. But when it gets to a certain point, like you don't need to be making millions of dollars off of a handful of hospitals in a local area, like some places around here do. I'm not going to name names, but everybody's thinking them. Right. Um. I don't know. Now I don't know. Point. But I do think that we need to we need to build up the infrastructure of the healthcare system. That I don't understand how it wasn't considered infrastructure. Yeah. I think it might tie into the healthcare system needing to be overhauled. Completely. That's gonna happen. Yeah, Some, yeah because Obamacare is in this weird I'll, I'll branch off I'll branch off of that because the second thing on my list was Medicare for all or some form of that. Um Dan Carlin also made the point that on that episode that we that we now understand that when healthcare systems in other countries don't work, that fucking matters to us because that means that shit's going to get here. Um, like you need to overhaul the entire healthcare system, including the insurance markets, including the pharmaceutical companies, all of that. And people and and everybody, somebody should not well, somebody that, should not get a sickness like this and then be in debt for the rest of their life because oh yeah. the system was set up to fuck them over with an eight thousand dollar band aid and then the price goes up from there. Like that's fucking ridiculous. The flu is around all the time, and it has about the same. It's not nearly as infectious as COVID nineteen or SARS-CoV-2, but, you know, it, it, we're at the same topic here. Like, somebody gets the flu that can't afford to go to the hospital or going to die at their house because they can't get any sort of attention. Right. Well, and this flu, and this, this stay inside order for, like, 90% of Americans has also proven that the average American household is, like, $400 in debt away from going bankrupt, which right. is, you yeah. know, another point of mine, which is uh, what we need to really focus on to get people to quit hating each other or to, you know, I think to get a little bit of uh, uh, universal support is trying to shorten the wealth gap in this country. And it's a, it's a world problem, but it's really an American problem lately. And I think that's a lot of the unrest we're seeing and a lot of unhappiness is because most people don't see a way that the American dream is achievable anymore because it used to include a house and a car and marriage and kids. And uh, most of our generation is not, you know, yeah, the, house, the housing market is through the roof right now. And I saw a meme the other day that, you know, it basically just said millennial millennials waiting for the housing market to crash so we can finally buy a home. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, right? right? You know, that, that's messed up. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. But I think that all ties in. Like, so what you were saying also, Brandon, about like uh, hospitals and stockpiles and stuff. And I think that also plays into like the over prescribing of opioids, which we see with people in these small towns that no longer have <clears throat> industry and, uh, and factory work 
where meth and uh, oxycodone abuse is like taken over and decimated entire small communities. How fucked up is that? That like we sit, we live in a time where like everyone, every other person is addicted to something that a fucking big ass corporation pushed out in like mass production is the not even it doesn't even explain the gravity of the opioid and and the pharmaceutical companies involvement and pushing that and making that and whatever um but we live in a time where everybody is addicted to something but like there's not enough room in the hospitals when they need to run in there for shit like that's a fucking right. problem right like that's two yeah. two heads of a fucking dragon yeah the the opioid crisis is definitely something that should fall under the first shall first yeah. we shall do no harm or however that hippocratic oath goes right yeah for a while like th- we didn't have this problem of doctors over prescribing opioids and for thinking like you used to only get prescribed uh, like oxycodone level painkillers when you were dealing with cancer or you know something horrible otherwise just because the risk of of addiction we've always known that like i don't know why lately they get a pass to make billions of dollars right because they make billions of dollars that's the answer and they line the right amount of pot yeah so we sound more like, and more kind of like conspiracy theorists when we talk some, some I'm years sitting ago in my closet I had a, right I had a now. friend <laughs> he literally is uh, but some years ago, I, I had a friend get his wisdom teeth cut out, and they prescribed him Percocets. I got my wisdom teeth cut out when I was in high school, and they gave me Tylenol and sent my happy ass on my way. Dude, I got right? I had a fucking brown recluse bite like on my spine that got cut open, and they were like, "Take some Motrin, It'll, you'll be fine." Fuck you, dude! I can't stand <laughs> up right now. Like, what did you just do? You just cut me open. And, but yeah, like there was no that would. They didn't give pills out. They're like, what, fuck you. What you kind know? of guidelines? What kind of guidelines does it have to go through? <laughs> I think it's an alarming sign if um, a PR campaign push, like more money into awareness and t- telling doctors about it, leads to more prescriptions. Like it should only be prescribed because it's the thing to treat what ails you. It should not be prescribed because a doctor has seen it a lot and it got a lot of free pens from a lot of you know fucking salesmen and that like that is ridiculous to me that. They're not only selling a painkiller, they're selling a certain brand of painkiller. Like, how is right. that really different than Walter White selling sky blue meth? Right. Right. Never seen that show, but I agree because yeah, this the is point a rabbit hole we could go down for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Frank, what do you what else do you have on your list? Uh my number one was uh I think we need and I don't know how the fuck we would accomplish this, because uh, no one would agree to it, but we need to return to pre World War Two presidential war powers yes that was on my list as well and just the rebalancing of the three because like right now the house is pretty much nothing they have a little bit of oversight but and they can kind of like pass bills that have no hope of passing the senate and getting to the president but i think well, like, we, we need to be that needs to be shaken up a little bit the the fact that he can just shoot a rocket at a sovereign nation's general <laughs> yeah. like with nobody's permission is is a little up yeah and that's not uh, even just that's not a no. trump thing obama did it with drone strikes uh bush did it you know i mean this is just a problem that's escalated with the last three i completely agree that that guy had to go but i mean 
how how are you just going to be that blatant and throw an act like if somebody did that to us that's an act of war and you can best believe we would be on our way to be turning that country into a sheet of glass and how hard is it really now to even you know like drones are cheap you can get one for 500 to 1500 bucks it's not hard to mod- everything to modify them to to drop bombs is on amazon like like the, the terrorist groups spread this kind of crap. Like it's becoming a point where it's like not even government you have to worry about or even, but anybody with like a couple thousand dollars is uh, you can, you know, b- get enough. What is that shit strap, called that blows up on the internet? C4? Um, oh, Tannerite. But you can, if you can get a hold of C4, you can strap a brick of C4 to a drone. This episode just got really fucking uncomfortable for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like the, I don't like the fact that like, we're getting to a point where anyone has that amount of power to do destruction, but the president especially has... When we were kids, do you remember the Anarchist Cookbook? Like, that was the craziest thing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was before social media, kids. Times have changed. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that was my number one. I think we need to re-examine this whole war and what a war is because we all agree that we're at a war in the Middle East, but we can't call it a war technically because it's a police action because we're technically yeah. not allowed to go to war without Congress's approval. We just haven't done that in fucking 60 years. Well, I mean, look what happened with Korea back in the 50s. That's really what started it, isn't it? Yeah, that's really World what knocked War II the door was down. agreed upon Congress. Yeah. God damn you, MASH. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have on your list, Jim? Um, so, and I really don't have a good answer for this, but something has to happen as far as and this isn't like a redistribution of wealth, but like how much money can an owner of a company and a CEO filter off the bottom line to pad their own pockets before we should say like, you know, maybe that should just be a company wide bonus at the end of the the fiscal year that goes to everybody in an equal amount, not just all to the slush fund. I mean, it's not a a great answer, but it's the only thing I can think of that doesn't sound like, a weird redistribution of wealth. I mean, if you ask a fucking conservative, that sounds pretty fucking progressive. Um, I don't think, I I don't think, (laughs) yes, in the commonly misused way. Um, I, I don't think it's a horrible idea. I also had something like that on my list. The last thing on my list, my personal list, uh, was, that we need to prioritize essential workers because I think that people making $9 an hour and people that are the the cogs in the machine that make everything fucking work, um, those people are making $9 an hour and while everybody around them currently is being told to go inside and don't go out, don't talk to people, to be afraid of the person you walk to next to in the, that you walk next to in the store, those people are being told show up to work because shit's real out there and you're essential and we need you. And like, I don't think they should be making $9 an hour while that CEO that you're talking about is making bank. If he works for like one of the major retailers, target, you want to know what the CEOs are doing right now? They're in a bunker. (laughs) Yeah. They get, they're in that property on news in New Zealand. They've had set aside, um, I think the problem also is that even CEOs of these like huge Goldman Sachs companies, when they fail, there's no failure. They don't go to prison. They don't lose money. They usually have like a golden parachute option. So even if they get fired, they have to be paid a certain amount, which is usually, you know, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. 
And then like half of them ended up go end up working for the Trump administration. So there's I don't see why or like, the hardest any, part is like how are you gonna any stop anybody when there's no, you know there's no repercussions for them doing it. Basically what I've learned in this pandemic is that some companies care about their employees and some really don't. Like something yeah. that we should probably use as a gold standard is the that there's more companies that have done this than just this one I'm about to use, but it's the only one that is coming to mind. Uh, Texas Roadhouse, their CEO, for like he, he got rid of, he's not taking any of his salary this year. It's all going to the employees that aren't working. I know another, I don't remember what company it was, but some big company's CEO did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Raising Raising Cane's just announced it today. Yeah, there are a number of companies, and you can say they're doing it for a PR move, but at the, at the end of the day, they're still helping their employees, whether it's for uh, well, and it, good it, news it or not. Show that it just flat out doesn't hurt them to say, I don't need my salary this year. This year, right. not a week. Yeah. yeah. No shit. That's that's the statement. Although, Frank, I will say to your to your point, assholes say that it's a PR move because like in a in a time like this, like fucking picking at that shit when somebody is doing something helpful. um, I don't know. I just don't like that. I've seen that online a lot, like certain that sentiment in certain places oh this person it's a pr stunt yeah okay but it's not a even, bad but, thing well so. even, yeah at the end of the day the the pr stunt is still doing something valuable for someone right. yeah you know in need so i'm still I'm and i want to put a, yeah. a devil's advocate on this uh because this is gonna this would involve a Name lot drop. of regulation if we were to enact anything onto businesses as far as how you should pay your employees uh at, at what point does the regulation go too far and it, it spoils the market? I mean, yeah, and obviously we live in a capitalist system. There has to be room for the best to get paid more and because that's what our system is built on. But I think there like there has to be a point where you have to, like, maybe just it, it needs to be a new generation, like this generation below us who are going to grow up and uh, be in the first generation. Like, I don't want to be ungodly famous because how much money do you fucking need? Like... You know, I gotta say, I'm I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty close to being comfortable, like to a point of comfortability where I don't really need anything more. And I've I'm I'm way of like I'm I'm above fifty percent of America, like, and I'm not even making that much, man. Yeah. So like, yeah, the astronomical amount of of wealth that is above me, like, it's just like, why do you? How do you? What what could you possibly use that for? Right, right. Mega yachts. That's what. Well, dude, have you ever been on one? Do you, like, <laughs> come on, man. Don't take that away from people. <laughs> I even I understand like vacations and stuff, but still, like, if you get to a point where you need your own private jet, like, yeah, maybe going too far. Like, I want I want a mega yacht with an ice hockey rink on the on the hall. <laughs> Do you think? And when when it gets stricken with coronavirus, you're just gonna like park it off the port just like all right you guys sit there i'm gonna go play hockey by myself you're not getting bailed out i'll tell you that so um you imagine how much money it would cost to run the refrigeration unit in that thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) there is one thing that was sent to me um most of the things that were sent to me as ideas we have already covered with healthcare and a bunch of other things payment or 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 wages for certain types of workers and whatnot there's one thing that 
hasn't mentioned on my list, and I think it's a good way to finish up. Um, there was one suggestion: Carol Baskin probably needs to get fed to a tiger or something, <laughs> right? Like, I hate you. Go take a bath in some sardine oil. Can we all agree on that? Like, if there's one <laughs> thing, one thing that we all deserve in 2020, Carol Baskin eaten by a tiger around or on top of a septic tank. I don't know. Spitball in here. Are you? Are, wait, are you pitching to Netflix through a podcast? Is that I'm just saying, on? Jeff Lowe, hit me up, bro. I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting in a fucking closet. Devil's Advocate Podcast is a product of Feverheart Productions. It is created and hosted by Brandon Condict with engineering by Franklin Everhart. It also features additional contributions by Jim Hellman and Mitchell Hernandez. Original music for this podcast is courtesy of Wacko Swami with an additional score by Jet Black Pope. Follow us on Twitter at TDAPDark and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TDAPDark. If you like this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes and be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.